0: Welcome to the Cross to Crown Podcast, where we keep the system out of theology, and the baby out of the bathwater. We keep the text in its context, and the new in the New Covenant. Our mission is to help you live intentionally, Christ-obsessed in all things.
1: Greetings, all, and thank you for joining us at the Cross the Crown podcast. This is episode 19, and I've got the, I've got the working title of The Liberty, Legalism, and Lawlessness of Bacon. That's, that's my <laughs> working title. You can, you can think of something else, but I, so that's what I've added on there. Bacon is going to be my, my substitute word for everything in this discussion, uh you'll see why uh, <laughs> uh i'm your host chris bales and joined with our other host doug Gooden today how you doing doug
0: and i love bacon so that's a very appropriate uh,
1: oh, doing Well, <laughs> if anybody ever listens to you for uh, a sermon or two they're gonna realize that you love bacon and pie
0: Yeah, and ice cream, yeah. And ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: you put yourself out there really well in your sermons and (laughs) get to know you really fast, even in your books. So um, very, very, uh, very fun stuff that we learn about Doug Gooden when we read or listen to you. Um, (laughs) So we're going to talk about Christian liberty today, uh, but we also want to talk about legalism and lawlessness or licentiousness, because I think those all tie in there. And yes, they all begin with L. So there you go. Uh, say it real fast a couple times, and uh, you'll 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 have fun with that. Uh, <laughs> but but we're going to talk about liberty. We're going to look primarily in two passages today. Something we don't typically do is we're spent, we're spending uh, a huge amount of time in just two passages. We usually jump around the scriptures and try to get a biblical understanding uh, uh, from, from all these, these these different passages. We're going to stick in these primary passages today and talk about liberty. Um, before we begin, there's the word liberty is kind of vague. Uh, in the scriptures, when you read about liberty, you're going to read about liberty from sin, uh, from the power of darkness, domain, the domain of Satan. Uh, what, what kind of liberty are we talking about when we we're hitting... Uh, our passages today, which is going to be Romans and and 1 Corinthians. What are we we talking about when we say liberty, Christian liberty?
0: Yeah, well, the word liberty simply is a synonym for freedom, and the question is, how much freedom do Christians have uh, to do what we want to do? Uh, And this causes problems, it has caused problems in the Church historically, because we know that in the New Covenant, as we talk about frequently here uh, at the Cross the Crown podcast, we are not bound to the laws of the old covenant, mm-hmm. so that's why we can eat bacon right. uh, because pork was forbidden in the old covenant. And so we've been freed from those laws. Those are not our marching orders. So you know, polyester. Although I, I still argue that polyester should be outlawed in any <laughs> covenant. But uh, mixing your threads, putting together different the materials, that's not forbidden to us. And mixing you know different uh, vegetables in our gardens, that kind of thing. So, and the scripture says Jesus came to set us free, and we have all those kinds of, uh, you know, platitudinal statements that it's easy to put on a coffee cup and, uh, and make a big deal of, but the real question is, uh, we, we all would agree, any, any Bible-believing Christian would agree that Jesus as Lord, who sent out in the Great Commission his uh, disciples to teach them to obey all that I commanded you, there are right. things that are non-negotiable. We still have laws under the right. New Covenant and things like adultery and lying and all that, there's still, that's still sin. But the areas that are not specifically mentioned,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: there's always dis- d- debate and discussion as to what is permissible, what is not permissible, what is sinful, what is not sinful, where the Bible is not clear, where the New Testament does not say, this is what Christ requires. So, it, it, and, and you can imagine people on one side saying, well, my, my conscience is free to do this, that, or the other thing, because the New Testament doesn't forbid it, and others saying, "Yeah, but I think it does forbid it, or at least it's implied in this, or uh, in my tradition says, or it's still wrong to do." And and so there's this battle sometimes between right. what people feel the freedom to do and what other people are saying, "No, you shouldn't do that."
1: Right, right. So I've got something for you here. Last night, of course, uh, you know when you when you're up too late at night or something, you start writing weird things. Um, you you know. So I've got I wrote definitions for legalism lawlessness and liberty in relationship to bacon are you ready for this all right let's have it all right legalism says that bacon is always wrong for oneself and everyone else uh, lawlessness says bacon is always right no matter what liberty says bacon is good but might not always be right profitable build up or loving (laughs)
0: I don't know, man. I don't know if I can go there because I'm not sure bacon applies to that second category. It is always, in my opinion, it is always right. Have you ever had uh, million-dollar bacon?
1: Million-dollar bacon, no.
0: Oh, man. Do you have a um, first-watch restaurant there in uh,
1: California? No.
0: Mm -mm. Oh, man. So you can find a great recipe online, million-dollar bacon. It's bacon thick, you know, thick bacon with maple syrup and cayenne pepper and— who it you think you shouldn't put these things together, but it's amazing.
1: Is this where, do you, where you get to? So you get this at a restaurant? You order it as a dish?
0: Well, my my daughter makes it, but you can also get it at a, a place called First Watch. It's a restaurant here in Colorado Springs and elsewhere. Uh, if you like bacon, you need to do this. Wow. But it came to my mind because you know we have a guy in our church who makes uh, chocolate covered bacon. Yes. And yes, your first response that. might be those two don't belong together. That's that should be illegal. It's put good those together, but oh man, it's good. So I don't oh, know yeah. if I can go with your, your, <laughs> your uh, <liberty laughs> definition for that. I'm well, we, sure. might, we
1: might call you Lawless then, since <laughs> bacon is
0: always right. Respectful <laughs> bacon, call me Lawless. Go for it. All right, I'm an anti-nomian when it comes to <laughs> bacon.
1: <laughs> well, let's let's look at our text, then. and as we go through our text in First Corinthians, or excuse me, Romans chapter fourteen, uh, I'll probably butt in with some questions here and there because um, uh, there's some things that. When people usually go through these passages, they have questions about. Uh, they struggle with some things, uh, understanding it, and also themselves and their own personal walk with Christ. They they, it's an ouch passage sometimes for many people for various reasons. So let's let's go ahead and look through here in First uh, Corinthians chapter fourteen. And folks, if you got your Bible, read along with us. And uh, Doug, I, I'm gonna let you. Should I le- I should let you read probably since you're gonna be one expositing it for us.
0: Okay. And I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. I'm sure you're reading from the uh, CSB. Christian, uh, Standard, Christian Bible. Standard Bible. yes. I'm American. <laughs> See, I'm, uh, I'm leaning American. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, we'll jump in here to Romans 14, uh, where Paul says, Now accept, one another, uh, accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. Uh, I think it's worth stopping right there. just to, yep. he, He's going to set this contrast between those who are weak in faith and uh, those who are stronger in faith. That doesn't mean one is a better Christian than the other. Uh, I like to think of it as a strong conscience faith versus a weak conscience faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're, really what he's setting up here is, I, with respect to bacon, for instance, am a strong conscience Christian. My faith is strong. My conscience is free to indulge in bacon whenever I want to. Mm -hmm. If I were troubled by that, and in all seriousness, uh, you can imagine a a Jewish person who comes to faith in Jesus, who's told all of his life, don't eat pork, uh, even in our own day, struggling to eat bacon because they've been told all their lives, this is sinful, Mm-hmm. And even if their minds say, "Okay, I, I I read the New Testament, I see that it's it, no animal is unclean anymore." They read the passage there in Acts when Peter has the vision of the three three times when God says nothing is unclean right. uh, as far as animals goes. You could still you, you can know that in your head, and your conscience still prick you a bit about ah, I just don't know if I should do this. It doesn't feel right. I, I, I'm concerned about it. That's what he's talking about. The, so the so knowledge. Change.
1: Knowledge is not all that we're talking about here, because later on in 1 Corinthians, um, Paul is addressing someone who, who has knowledge of these things. Uh, so knowledge is not all we're talking about. We're talking about the, the conscience as well, someone who's been raised around this being wrong all their life. Um, what, what does it mean to accept this person? Because later on in, in this passage in verse 3, he's going to say that God accepts this person, this, this weak and weak faith person. What does it mean for us to accept them?
0: Means they are no less a Christian brother or sister than 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 you and I are, or someone that agrees with us on these mm-hmm. things. Amen. Uh, accept them as a, a full-fledged Christian. They're not a lesser Christian. They don't belong in the back or a separate uh, separate category. Uh, they're just their conscience struggles with some of these things.
1: Okay, okay, and uh, just uh, continuing on this a rich verse here. But don't argue about uh, disputed matters. Does this mean that we we should not argue about bacon?
0: Uh, no, obviously we're going to argue about things but there's a difference between uh, having a discussion about it and letting this cause such division in our argumentation that uh, we don't want to hang out with each other. It's like, you know, I t- my kids, I'm teaching my kids right now uh, informal logic, and my son, I said, mm-hmm. you know, what's an argument? And he says, oh, it's when you're, you know, you're fighting one another. I said, well, that's how we use the word, <laughs> but we're talking now about a logical <laughs> argument, you know, reasoning from premises to conclusions. Right. Uh, this kind of argument for, for us to discuss and debate logically and theologically and biblically what is the truth that's the good kind of argument where you may Mm -hmm. take a position i take a position and we banter back and forth wrestling toward the truth but if we're fighting and we don't like each other we don't want to talk to each other after we get done now we've crossed over into a sinful kind of argument and that's what he's saying don't don't do that
1: right okay okay
0: and you brought up first corinthians uh where paul says there some of you have knowledge and knowledge puffs up Mm -hmm. it doesn't build up Right. Uh, I know, I'm free to eat bacon, woohoo, look, look how smart I am, and you're, you're inferior to me as a Christian because you don't see that freedom. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he means. My knowledge is causing me to be prideful and arrogant right. instead of building you up and trying to say, come along, uh, let, let's wrestle through this together. Yep. Uh, so he, he explains in verse 2 here of Romans 14, uh, sets up his illustration, one person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak... Eats vegetables, vegetables only. So that's uh, that's again weak. The conscience is way down if they eat meat. And uh, I, I heard you chuckle there. I'm sure the vegetarian, <laughs> vegan kinds of jokes are waiting to uh, to come out. Oh, and, uh, I live in California. I, I live in
1: Southern <laughs> California. Of course, this is, this is my proof text against vegetarians and, and vegans. <laughs>
0: So I got a call uh, last week from a guy who's moving from California to Colorado Springs, and uh, he looked us up, and he wants to come visit our church. And uh, he just made the point in passing. said, I don't know how you guys are out there, but I'm from California, and uh, well, I like meat, and I'm hoping people out there in Colorado <laughs> like meat, because nobody out here in California likes meat. That was funny. Oh, yeah. So again, the context here is, is he talking really to people, we have a church in Rome that are a combination of Jews and Gentiles uh, who, who become believers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so for the Gentiles, they didn't have any uh, scruples about what they ate, but Jews right. obviously did. And it, you know, the meat here probably is what the Jews would consider unclean meats, but it, it may be broader than that. Anyway, so you've got this, these disputes going on about uh, what's okay to eat. Verse three says, the one who eats is not to regard with contempt The one who does not eat. Mm. So, if you enjoy bacon, pork of any kind, don't treat your brother who says, "No, I'm just not free in my conscience to eat that." Don't treat him with contempt. Don't condemn him. Don't belittle him for that. That's a that's a powerful statement for us uh, Mm. who, who see the freedom as you were describing earlier. And he gives instruction to the other party too. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats for God has accepted him. Mm. That's important, because so often this discussion focuses just on the stronger conscience believer and what he needs to give up right. in order not to cause his other brother to stumble. But here, the, there's equal command to the one who says, no, I'm not free to eat that in my conscience. You're not allowed to judge as a sinner mm. one who eats freely. Right. God accepts him. God has received him as his, his, uh, his son, you must receive him as as god's son as well as god's servant. So both sides here. Now right. th- the fact that Paul sets it up that way shows us we are not talking about objective sin. Right. And that's a right. hard part for, for the Uyghur brothers to understand. This is not objective sin. Mm-hmm. Paul would not say one says adultery is fine, and the other one says adultery is not fine, and you know, God has accepted both and don't condemn the other. No, no, adultery is on that list in First Corinthians six of sins that if you continue to practice these, you're not in the kingdom. So there are sins that uh, we we can't have discussion and debate about. They are they are forbidden to everyone. Yeah, but these are things that are not sins.
1: Right. There, there's I would say there's two areas in which Liberty would become classified now. Instead of liberty, would be lawlessness, and that is when we are going against what the scripture says. There's no liberty involved in there at all. That's that's lawlessness when you when you've gone into that realm. And also, as we're going to find out, the second way in which liberty becomes lawlessness is when, or licenses licentiousness is when we uh, are acting in offensive manner and unloving manner toward our brothers. As we're going to find out, but yeah. that's, that should be something that should be stated over and over again, is, is where there is a Scripture commanding it, there's no liberty. There's a command there for that. So we're not debating issues about adultery, um, fornication, um, murder. <laughs> right. uh, these are areas where there is no explicit command in the Scriptures for, um, and, and, and where areas where there seems to be freedom at. But some people's conscience, because of culture, can can come into play as well.
0: And I would say lying behind most of this, uh, w- for the weaker conscience, brother, is uh, some religious past. Right. It's not just they they don't like it. It's not a preference. Right. They feel the weight of conviction that I. I it's hard for me to believe it's okay to do that because of my past religious experience. Right. Um, and that's that's what's weighing on here. This right. Is, this is not a preferential thing where you prefer that we— that we only wear white shoes to church and say anybody who doesn't, I'm the weaker brother. You need to submit. No, no, no. That's not what we're talking about here.
1: Right? Because we're talking about a mixed culture here of of in the church within of Gentiles and Jews and Jews specifically with unclean foods and and then in First Corinthians we're talking about meat that's been offered to idols specifically. Right. So there is a religious uh, or ritual connotation involved in those things, not just a I don't like meat um, type situation.
0: Right. Right. So going on in verse 4, who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So you're, whichever side of this you're on, if you're mm-hmm. judging that is condemning the other, uh, you've ste- overstepped your bounds. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I, don't, I won't give an account to any other human being. I will give an account to Jesus, and so will you, and so I should not regard you as though I'm your judge. Right. And uh, and whichever side of this we're on, the Lord is able to make a stand in that judgment because of his work, not because I please you or you please me, that kind of thing. Uh, Now, this gets a little more uh, personal for some of us in our current theological uh, settings with the Covenant Brothers here. One person regards one day above another, such as a Sabbath day. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
0: Another regards every day alike. That would be me and you. Uh, each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not for the Lord, he doesn't for the Lord, he does not eat and gives thanks to God. So, what he's saying is both both uh, positions on the eating mm-hmm. need to be fully persuaded that I'm free to eat bacon, or nope, I really don't think I should, and I'm doing that. Because I love Jesus, and I'm serving Jesus, and I'm convinced this is what will please Jesus. But that's personal. This is what, what I think, what you think, um, and we give thanks to the Lord for what we're doing. But he, he introduces the Sabbath day idea yeah. here.
1: no, what's interesting is, is, um, uh, is while we don't see a Sabbath commanded, if someone wants to keep a Sabbath day, whether it be Sunday, Saturday, Tuesday, is there anything wrong with that? if he wants to keep it to the Lord?
0: Uh, if he's fully convinced in his mind this is what God wants him to do, then then obviously not, because okay. the Bible does not forbid mm-hmm. in the New Testament keeping some sort of a Sabbath day. Okay. Uh, I will try to persuade him uh, in theological discussion that, uh, that the Sabbath points to Christ and that right. he can keep the Sabbath day every single day right. by resting in Christ. But at the end of the day... This is what the, Paul is talking about. Right. Hey, he's going to stand before Jesus, and and Jesus will deal with that. It's not my my issue uh, to try to fix him and think he's you know he's all wrong and that. Right,
1: right. It's interesting because at the same time that um, sabbatarians will claim that they 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 have that one day commandment uh, that there's some now some of them now not all of them but some of the reform folks will say also that no other day is a red letter day. Uh, and, and they won't celebrate holidays like Christmas and and Easter or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I we celebrate Christmas. Uh, we celebrate Easter. And by the way, we ha- <laughs> we are we are implementing. I don't know if I <laughs> you remember that episode when we talked about the the NCT holidays, New Covenant Christian holidays. Yes. Yes. We are implementing a. Uh, we haven't come up with a real title for it. Maybe you can help us out. But we are implementing a second coming holiday. All right. We talked about it this week. My kids are all on board. We're going to randomly generate a date for next year, for 2019, and... Um, uh, Nobody's going to know, except for me, what day it is, because otherwise we would nice. miss it. So I'm going to know father. the day, yeah. and that morning I'm going to announce that what day it is, and we're going to emphasize the, uh, the the hope that we have in Christ and looking forward to his return. So we need to come up That's with a good. title for it, though, a title for the day that sounds mm. good. <laughs> so anyways, we're doing that. But so here's the thing, and it's, it's my Christian liberty to do that, right? I mean, right. Um, there's some—nobody has to celebrate it. I'm going to celebrate it. We're going to celebrate it. Uh, and um, uh, but, am I free to do that, or is that am I falling back into Sabbatarianism in some way by doing that?
0: No, you're free to do that as long as you don't tell any other believer that they yeah. are less faithful to Jesus for not observing the day that you've created. Then have at it. Uh, right. th- that's just part of being humans. You know, we we like our, like a wedding anniversary. There's mm-hmm. nothing in the Bible right. that says that we need to celebrate our uh, our, our wedding, our marriage, every year but it, it, it's beneficial. It's good. There's nothing wrong with it, but we shouldn't judge uh, uh, marriages that don't, uh, couples that right. don't, and, and neither should you judge someone who doesn't do this. Although anybody who really understands what we're talking about, why would they not want to, but uh, <laughs> that's different from, from judging them.
1: Right. Right. right.
0: That's the key. Okay. And, 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 you know, this, this, we're all, uh, we, we understand how this works. When you develop any kind of tradition Mm -hmm. whether it's as a family or as a local congregation or as a larger denominational body, at first it starts out wonderful and everybody loves it and it's so edifying and we can't Mm -hmm. wait, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. But then when somebody wants to change it or (laughs) cancel it or do it a little differently, there's uproar. Wow. And and now it's become legalistic. Now it's something we have to do. The
1: tradition of the elders.
0: Exactly. And, and that's just hard. It, it's yeah. hard to, to not get there. Uh, but that's the, the, the conscience and mental balance we need to keep. As long as it's a blessing, then have at it. Don't hold anybody to it as though right. it's a standard. That right. seems to be the heart of all of this. Uh, so for a Sabbatarian, no. Nope. If they're convinced they should do it, then, then let, we should not judge them for doing it. But, as long
1: again, as they don't bind so, everybody else's conscience to it. Right.
0: which is what our covenant brothers want to do. They want to say right. we're, we're less pleasing to the Lord mm-hmm. by not having a Sabbath observant weekly. And I right. would say they're violating here uh, Romans 14. Right. Uh, but it's all about what is my position with the Lord and what do I think will please him? Verse 7, for not one of us lives for himself and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. Or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord, both of the dead and of the living. Paul here just takes this argument to uh, the right perspective. Mm -hmm. You guys are getting all excited about days and meat and vegetables and all of that. It's all about Jesus, Mm -hmm. and he's the one we're going to give an account to and living or dying, it's all for him. That's why he died, so he could be the king and the Lord and, and receive worship and followers. You just keep focusing on what you think will please Jesus and not worry about everybody else. Right. Now, this is it's got a context. This doesn't mm-hmm. mean, you know, that we are to teach others, we are to exhort others, we are to correct others, especially when there's clear biblical instruction. Uh, so, this doesn't mean don't ever judge in the sense of discerning what someone else is doing, and if it's clear sin, we are obligated to call them to repentance. But we're talking about things that are not sinful as Christ describes it. Uh, verse 10, but why, But you, why do you judge your brother? Or you, again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? So he's talking to both sides there. One is judging for not doing it, one is regarding the other for contempt for uh, saying I should do it. For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each one of us will give an account of, of himself to God. That's what we need to keep coming back to, is the moment we look at another Christian and think, I don't think it should be doing that. And there's not a clear biblical mm-hmm. prohibition, well, I'm not his judge, I'm not her judge. Think about parenting. You know, this is, I get this all the time in, in our church. Um, we, have, we, we have very little New Testament instruction on practically how to parent. <laughs> right. We are told, I'm to raise my kid to love Jesus, to serve Jesus, and the discipline of the Lord and all that. But what does that look like every day? What mm-hmm. are the things that are, that are required and not required? Uh, social media, um, devices, mm-hmm. school choice, all of those things. We are not told specifically what pleases Jesus and all those things. We need to be very careful not to judge those who make decisions that are different from the decisions that we make when it comes to raising our kids, for instance. Because right. uh, we're going to give an account to the Lord, and they're going to give an account to the Lord, and, and he's the judge, not us. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. Mm-hmm. So that's the heart of love applied here. That's the, yeah. the commandment of love applied here. I don't want to trip up my my brother. I, I if if my brother has a has a has a heavy conscience with respect to uh, eating certain foods, then I'm not going to go out of my way to make life hard for him and to, to cause his conscience to be weighed down further.
1: So so I've got to say I've got a brother who who doesn't who who believes bacon is is sin for him. So I wouldn't invite him over to dinner and then put a plate of bacon in front of him. Right. Um, would, I, would I post pictures of myself on Facebook with um, bacon hanging out my mouth?
0: <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, and that's where just wisdom and, and you know, prayerful consideration comes through. So um, in that case, he has an option as to whether or not to follow you on Facebook. You're not right. forcing that upon him. I don't think that is a problem. I don't mm-hmm. think uh, y- your freedom isn't to be restricted because somehow or other he might accidentally stumble upon you eating bacon. Mm. Um, but the the illustration of what you used is is the right one. Here's where this comes down more practically, though. You have a church gathering.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's try to set it next.
0: Yeah, church breakfast. <laughs> you know, there's some people uh, in your church that are coming from a Jewish background, and this is hard for them. Do you put bacon out or not? Yeah. Um, I would probably have some conversations with them. Mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of figure out where they are. I would love to work toward the place where they are not uncomfortable with others in the room eating bacon, mm-hmm. but the first breakfast we have after they come to our church, I probably would say, let's not put bacon out there and, uh, and use this as a, a way to love and minister to them. At the same time, we shouldn't let them enslave everyone else's freedom because mm-hmm. of their scruples, and that's where the, the rub comes. We have a our, the chairman of our elder board is an Indian gentleman who grew up Hindi mm. in a priestly caste. He the whole bit came to the Lord here in the states uh, years ago, and uh, to this day he's never eaten a piece of meat in any way. Now he fully understands the freedom that he has, right, right. and he he and I have lunch every month to talk about the elder board uh, the agenda, and uh, I always get meat, you know, and and. He's, <laughs> Perfectly fine with that, but he knows his witness right. to his relatives back in India will forever be destroyed mm-hmm. if they ever ask him, "Have you had meat?" And he says, "Yes." So his attitude is right on. He understands the freedom to enjoy meat, and he sees no problem with it. But for evangelistic purposes, he is abstained. This is the the First the Corinthians nine idea right. of right. I've become all things all men, but I'm going to act this way in this setting.
1: Right, and we see that with um, circumcision with uh, uh, Titus and, and with uh, with Timothy. Right. One was circumcised, one wasn't, and it's for various reasons. One was—Timothy was circumcised for evangelistic reasons, and Titus wasn't circumcised because of the fact that uh, he didn't need it in order to be justified right. or sanctified. So, it, it, yeah, it, the reason that we see rights given up— and we'll see this in First Corinthians, too. I'm not sure we're going to have time to get to it today, but uh, in First Corinthians, we're seeing the the— abstaining from things that he has liberty to engage in, including uh support, financial support, because the fact that he is 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 giving up those things to be able to proclaim the gospel. Uh sometimes 1 Corinthians chapter nine where we, we talk about the 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 law of Christ where he becomes uh all things to all men type where he he uh, becomes like a jew he puts himself under the law so he would be someone who would probably go back to the dietary laws when he was around the jews so not to put a stumbling block in front of them to the gentiles he would have um, uh, engaged in the culture uh, except for where sin may have been involved mm-hmm. um, and but is again always under law of god the law of christ which is to love god and love your neighbor as as christ loved us um and, right, and
0: so- I, I, I think the example of Timothy and Titus is a great one for this. Mm-hmm. So Timothy, he has circumcised because he knew the Jews would never give him mm-hmm. a hearing if he was uncircumcised. Right. With Titus, because he was in a legalistic environment, to show them mm-hmm. that he will not be bound by the old covenant uh, laws, he refused to have Titus uh, circumcised. So getting back to our... Uh, and, 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 Ti-
1: and Timothy Timothy was a half Jew, too. Right. And that's one of the... Yeah.
0: Right. So getting back to our breakfast analogy illustration, mm-hmm. uh, I said I would probably lean away from serving bacon at first and then try to bring them along. Mm-hmm. If they tried to control, if, if their attitude was controlling, if mm-hmm. these former Jews were now, you know, we start hearing the rumblings of them telling others who are eating bacon, even in the privacy of their own home, that that's mm-hmm. sin,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I would put out the biggest display of bacon I could find at that church breakfast. Is and just show them we are not going to be enslaved uh-huh. by your scruples here. If you're trying to be controlling with this,
1: and I'm thinking back now to Galatians too, with the Judaizers coming in, and of course they didn't see this as a as a liberty issue, the law, um, the dietary circumcision, they saw that as something that needed to be done. They come in, uh, and and Paul uses the illustration of when when Peter was was pulled away. Uh, toward legalism, uh, because of man pleasing, and Peter or Paul rebukes Peter in front of them. Is that something we need to do in case somebody's trying to force their conscience, force their 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 laws on people in the church?
0: The heart of all this is, what are they trying to say about the gospel? Right. So, you know, you can apply this to anything. Uh, drinking, drinking alcohol. That mm-hmm, that always right. comes up in this discussion as well. Right. So if somebody right. says, I I grew up in a home where it was just wrong. It was never, I never saw my parents drink alcohol. And it's sin. I, I grew up thinking it was sin. And it's hard for me to be around Christians who are drinking wine at dinner or whatever. Uh, so all the things we've talked about would apply here. The Bible mm-hmm. does not prohibit uh, wine. I just preached on John uh, 2. Jesus yeah. turned water into wine. Not grape juice, but actual wine. <laughs> And, and as long as someone says, hey, this is hard for me, I'm not judging you, but it's hard for me because of what I grew up with, then I would be fine. I would, I would not have a glass of wine in front of them at all. But if they say a Christian cannot drink wine, then give me the bottle right now, and I'll show you that a Christian can, <laughs> because as soon as you attach something to the gospel— now you've lost the gospel, and right. I, I, will, I feel required right. then to, to prove that, that you have become a legalist in this sense. You are now attaching something mm-hmm. to the, the, the message of Jesus Christ and saying it's the gospel plus keeping this law that gets you saved, and that is a, a rejection of the gospel.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's a, the thrust of uh, Galatians. Is, is, right. It's not christ anything else, because then you've got another gospel. You've got something else other than the true gospel. And he says, of course, let, them, let the person who does that be accursed.
0: Right. So Paul here in Romans 14 is not talking about someone attaching something to the gospel. He's saying, you know, we've got these differences, and, and let's get together, uh, work together in love, and be careful not to cause each other to stumble, and let's just not make this an issue. Because that's really what he says here in the verse 14. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. So he, he's saying, he, he's laying his cards out on the table. There's nothing wrong with that meat. There's right. nothing sinful about eating that meat. There's nothing sinful about having a glass of wine, whatever. But to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. So my conscience is way down if I think it's unclean, and, and so I, I have to be I have to act according to my conscience. Mm -hmm. For if because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. If I'm going to set something out there to really weigh down my brother's conscience, uh, that's not loving to him. Why would I do that? Do not destroy with food him for whom Christ died. That is a heavy word. What, What he's saying here is, if I serve bacon to my Jewish Christian friend, I put it out there in front of him, And now he is weighed down, he is torn, he is trying. He's conflicted on whether or not to eat it, and he eats it in violation of his conscience. To continue to act against your conscience Mm -hmm. is sin. Right. And a person can be destroyed, he says. Mm -hmm. Because what you're doing is you're creating a scenario where he is searing his conscience. Mm -hmm. The conscience is given to us to tell us, don't do that. Don't do that. Right. And even if the conscience is misinformed, we are still to, to not do that if our conscience says, don't do that. So right. if, if I have a voice in my head saying, don't eat bacon, don't eat bacon, don't eat bacon, and I say, well, I don't care what my conscience says, I'm going to eat bacon anyway, right. I can actually sear my conscience, right. and now it won't work anymore.
1: Well, your attitude becomes one of rebelliousness toward what you believe to be the, uh, God's, what God's wishes for you, his desire for you, and you say, I, I believe that God does not want me to have bacon— but you know what? I'm going to have it anyways. and An attitude of rebellion comes about. Even though there's nothing to bacon, that it's, it's, that it's fine, it's, it's, it's not unclean in itself, um, that there is no real prohibition against bacon, if you believe it, and that you believe that this is what God wants for you, and you go against it, it's, it's, a, it's an attitude of rebellion, a sin of rebellion that you've, you've started on.
0: Sure, and, and think about where that leads. So, mm-hmm. I believe God doesn't want me to eat bacon, I'm going to do it anyway. I believe God does not want me to flirt with that woman in the office. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. I believe He does not want me to pursue her. She's giving me the eye like she's open to it. I'm going to do it anyway. My conscience becomes seared,? Right. All starting with something that wasn't sin, right, right. But I didn't listen to my conscience. So we were at uh, NCST class the other night, and uh, you, a know, parking lot with cars in it, outside the, the building, and an alarm goes off. Mm-hmm. And everyone goes searching for their clickers to, to turn it off. Mm-hmm. You know what nobody did? Nobody, no, nobody like, got up to see if somebody was breaking into a car. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you ever have assumed you been, they all assumed it was just going on? It just go, right. Have you ever been awake in the middle of the night with a right, car alarm right. going off in your street and right. nobody gets out and, right, and right. looks out to see if somebody's stealing a car? <laughs> Those alarms are meaningless and purposeless right. to us because we, we just ignore them. Uh, we, 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 they don't serve a purpose. We've seared our ears right, we have- to the original intent of those alarms, and they're, they're, they don't serve a purpose anymore.
1: Right. Yeah, I've heard that um, if you're ever being attacked, you never yell, help, help, help. You start yelling, <laughs> fire, 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 because everybody loves to come see a fire. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. Nobody cares about helping you anymore. You know, here, here, here's
1: what's interesting is um, uh, legalism. I'm sorry, I've got a puppy who's starting to bark, so if you hear that, that's what that is. Um, is. Is... This is something I see with legalists oftentimes, the searing of the conscience to where it leads to real sin, is because of the fact that they set up a lot of these laws for themselves, these these mm-hmm. uh, um, things that aren't prohibited, and and it's just too much bondage for them, and so they break out against those things that are not truly prohibited, and then again, that leads to this actual sin, um, right. not just in breaking that, but also into other things that starts a pattern in their life. And so well, there's one of the angels in legalists
0: Right, you have to right. become self-righteous because you can't keep all of those commands that you've made up in your head. This is exactly what the Jews did. Right, God gave them, you know, over six hundred very, very detailed, right. you know, laws down to the minute details that we talked about earlier, and and they, of course, broke many of them, and and especially the coveting laws, the, mm. the the prohibitions there. And the only way to feel okay about that is to harden your conscience, become self-righteous. And the Jews were so confident they added more than right. God's laws to it. <laughs> So Paul has a very strong word here in verse 16. Therefore, do not let what is for you a good thing, which would be your freedom uh, to eat bacon. Do not let that good thing be spoken of as evil, because you have now crushed the conscience of your brother uh, by, by provoking him, by seducing him to do something his conscience says he shouldn't do. For, verse 17, because the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We are. We must always be careful not to uh, strain gnats and swallow camels. You know, to, to get so caught up in the in the little things that are are not worth fighting over and dividing over, and just be gracious, and patient, and kind. Mm -hmm. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God, and approved by men. So if our heart is, I'm not going to cause my brother to stumble, we're going to get along through this, and and let's just appreciate the different perspective we're coming from. Uh, God accepts that, because that's how he is. We don't we don't please him in everything by a long shot, and he accepts us anyway. Right. And he does not treat us as inferior or, or second class or, or he doesn't condemn us uh, for those things. So then, we pursue the things which make for peace and for building up of one another. Do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. Ugh, I wonder <laughs> how many times that has occurred in, in the history of the church. Yes. All things indeed are clean. So Paul's taking aside here. That's mm-hmm. something we have to realize. He's right. taking aside the right. days, they're all the same. And the food, it's all clean. He's mm-hmm. taking aside. Right. But they are evil for the man who eats and gives offense. So if I eat my bacon, which I'm free to eat, in front of the person that's going to cause his conscience to be, to be troubled, then for me that's sin, right. and for him to eat it, it's sin. It is not it is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything by which your brother stumbles. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith, and whatever is not from faith is sin. That's important. If I can't do this in good conscience, I must not do it, whatever right. it is, right. ever. Now, it doesn't go the other way. Just because my conscience is okay with it does not mean it's sinless. It doesn't mean God sanctions it Uh, because the conscience only works one way. You know, we talk all the time about, I felt peace about this. I felt peace about doing that. That does not mean God is pleased, because we can play those games with ourselves, and usually we feel peace because we want it. But if our conscience is on the other side saying, don't, then we must not, or it's sin. But it's also important, uh, and I I think uh, we probably have said this along the way, but it's important to iterate again, the person who has the weaker faith, the the weaker in conscience, Mm -hmm he is not free to enslave all other Christians with his convictions. Mm-hmm. And that's equally sin for him to try to apply it to everybody else. So both both parties here, both of us, have a, a job to do in keeping peace and edification and love of one another mm-hmm. and not let these kinds of things become divisive in the church.
1: Right, right. Yeah, so, I, so this is mainly dealing with um, giving up liberties uh, for the sake of, of harmony and unity in the in the body when it comes to the, the stronger brother. In 1 Corinthians, we had that passage like we were talking about a while ago, but it was for the purpose of evangelizing the lost. Mm-hmm. So there may be two reasons why we would uh, give up our, our liberties, and that is because of um, either for the propagation of the gospel amongst the lost or for the harmony of the br- brothers and sisters in Christ
0: right and and we won't spend we won't go through the whole passage but first ro- uh, Corinthians 8 through 10 or so uh, that is Paul's point mm-hmm. uh, he says I deserve to be paid as mm-hmm. a missionary basically right. I deserve for the church to support me but I'm gonna I'm, I'm refusing that right uh, and I, I love where he goes with that basically mm-hmm. he's saying I don't deserve any good thing from God mm-hmm. the fact that Jesus gave himself for me is there any way to show my thanks is there any way to to, to re- reply and respond to what he has done, he says, this is one way I can do it. I can work without being a burden on the church. Mm-hmm. And, and he describes that as a, as a way to, 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 to give something back uh, to Jesus for all that Jesus has done for him. Right. Uh, he says, but I do deserve it uh, as far as what the Scripture says, and, and I'm, I'm going to not do that. Now, he did at times take money, so this wasn't right. a universal thing. Right, right. But, but his heart was, I don't want to do anything that's going to cause anybody to, to stumble over me, I want to point them to Christ. Uh, this, by the way, in Acts fifteen, the Council of Jerusalem, when the, uh, the the church gathers to debate whether or not the Mosaic Law is required uh, of Christians, uh, and the answer is no, except for these four things. Remember, and they talk about uh, uh, food, food, sorry, blood, 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 right? Things strangled, that kind of thing. And uh, sexual fornication. And uh, those were things not taken directly from the law, primarily. Mm-hmm. Those were things that Gentiles were doing that the church realizes if the Gentile Christians do any of these things, the Jews right. will not ever give them a hearing so they can hear the gospel. Right. And so there, on the early church's mind was constantly, how do we live in such a way that we get a hearing with the, the lost uh, t- for the sake of the gospel, and they don't want to put barriers in the way. Now, if it's sin, it's sin, and you must not do it. But uh, anything that's not sin that we can remove from the discussion so that we can get to the gospel, that's Paul's heart in the 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10. Uh, and even there, uh, you know, I've, you've probably heard me do this before, uh, the the verse that everybody knows, what then, whether you eat or drink, do whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God, and mm-hmm. Uh, I ask people the question: Where does the Bible say that we're to do all to the glory of God? That that's the purpose. Uh, I I make a big deal of this in in my book, Exalted, and they all want to go right here. And I say, Well, what's the context? (laughs) And nobody has a clue. The context is: It's not, hey, if you're having a cup of coffee, drink it to the glory (laughs) of God, as though before I take a sip, I better glory, glory to God. Yeah, (laughs) glory to God. I'm drinking this sip. Glory of God. No, that's not it. (laughs) If I'm going to eat meat that has been in an idol temple, or if I'm not going to eat it, and if I'm going to drink wine that has been offered as a sacrifice to a god, a false god, or if I'm not going to drink it, whichever I choose, choose because I want to bring glory to God. That's his point. And he says, look, there is no such thing as a false god. So wine that's been poured out to a false god, who cares? And meat that's been sacrificed to a false god, who cares? There is no such thing as a false god. If it bothers you, then I won't touch it in your presence. But I am free to drink it if I want to, or to abstain so that we have uh, peace here, and I'm not weighing your conscience down, but either way, I need to think, what's pleasing to the Lord? Well, what's pleasing to Him is not causing you to stumble and trip over your conscience. That's what it is. It's not a generic Make sure you don't take a bite of that hamburger right. or the bacon without glorifying God.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you, I think you referred to it one time as the uh, the kitchen verse.
0: Yes. So, a verse, <laughs>
1: the verse that people have hanging up in their kitchen before they yes. they eat to remind them to give thanks to, to the Lord before and do it yes. for His glory. So I know you've got to get ready to go here. Um, time's running short for you. I have a um, a bunch of random questions I was going to ask you, but uh, we're going to hold off on those and and— Maybe save them for our Q&A answer time next time uh, that we do uh, in the future.
0: Well, fire away a few of them. I'll, okay, I'll fire away. Okay. Uh,
1: me, yep. these, these are questions that often come up about qu- Christian liberty. You can answer them really quick. Um, attending a gay marriage ceremony, Christian
0: liberty or not? Uh, that one is, uh, is very simple in my mind. Uh, absolutely not. I do not believe Christians uh, are permitted to attend gay marriage for this reason. It's not a marriage. Right. Uh, it's not a marriage. Gay people— cannot, in God's eyes, get married, and the whole purpose of being there in the audience is to support it. That's what the audience does. That's what the congregation does mm-hmm. as a wedding, is we say, we affirm this this union.
1: Right, and so participation. You
0: to, right. You're yeah. not there as spectators, you're there as witnesses of this covenant, and two men or two women cannot enter a marriage covenant before God, and therefore you cannot go, you may not go, because that would be supporting this uh, this heinous thing that they're doing.
1: Right, and we didn't get into First Corinthians in depth or anything like that, but uh, the whole idea of participation with demons and uh, uh, sin and evil like that. So yeah, that we that would tie into there more. Um, eating uh, <laughs> eat a meal with a non Christian blessing given over it, and again, this would tie in a lot more to First Corinthians. But uh, you're at you had a meal, and somebody prays to um, to uh, Allah, mm-hmm. um, or they say some type of uh, spiritual. Hindu or Buddhist blessing over the food. Do you eat it then or not? Uh,
0: as long as my eating it is not expressing to others that I agree with the person pronouncing the blessing. So if, if I'm at a, a wedding ceremony there of two unbelievers and one of them happens to be Buddhist and there's some Buddhist guy that prays or whatever, uh, I'm not going to say Amen to it. Mm-hmm. And as long as as long as the message I'm sending isn't I agree, then fine, no problem. If by being there, kind of like the wedding thing, if by being there and and eating this says I concur mm-hmm. with the person pronouncing the blessing, then absolutely not.
1: Tattoos, Christian liberty, it's condemned under the Old Testament. Nothing's new, in, or there's nothing said in the New
0: Testament. Yeah, right, I think wrong. It, You know, you may regret it someday. Maybe foolish, but I don't see any pro- prohibition in the New Covenant for right. it. So
1: I would, yeah, I would I, add, make make sure that it's not something that's not glorifying to Christ. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: And think about what it's going to look like in 30 years.
1: But right. And across your a... forehead, you're not going to get a job. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that right. plays in other parts. Um, uh, this is for you for Colorado. Uh, smoking pot, recreational pot, wrong or right?
0: Yeah, that's a... Uh, I mean, al- is, it,
1: is it the same as alcohol um, in that regards or what?
0: I don't think so. Right. Uh, I would put it in the category of um, of things that we shouldn't let control us mm-hmm. and uh, and. Uh, so I, I could go on. I'd, no, I don't think Christians should be smoking.
1: I, I'd, I'd agree. When when Christians uh, drink alcohol, they don't drink to the point of losing severity, And I believe that when you're smoking pot, that's what you're doing. Is you're you're doing it to um, lose some degree of severity. So right, uh, yeah. Um, gambling is gambling a matter of Christian liberty or, or not?
0: Yeah. Uh... Obviously, there's not a clear passage that says, do not uh, pull the slot lever kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very poor stewardship. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to make a case that it's sinful, I think that is the line that you should go down. And it is. It, it just logically, it makes no sense. It's really poor stewardship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, don't, I cannot see in any way that it's a righteous thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: What about playing cards with some friends for um, or family for um, like a family gathering uh, for for a designated five dollars? That's the max or something like that. And they're just playing like that.
0: Yeah, and, that, and this is why I'm going to give the short answer, and then uh, probably somebody won't like it, and we'll have to decide if we want to give a longer answer later. So where there's skill involved, mm-hmm. that does begin to change the dynamic in okay. my mind. All right. Look, um, you know, if if I'm playing with a guy who's a complete idiot. And I know I can earn money because I'm way better than them. <laughs> no, is that, could you make a job out of that? I don't know. Um, but uh, where there's skill involved, you're moving further away from the gambling piece of it. If it's pure luck, then to put any money into that is, uh, it, it seems foolish to me. However, we ha- the reason this is so hard is because you could argue this in all kinds of areas. Some would argue that the stock market is really gambling, Mm -hmm. because it's one thing if you if you really do your research to find companies that you are convinced will be profitable and you invest in them. That's how the system works. But if you just throw your money out there, taking a gamble because somebody says, no, this is kind of good things to do," uh, is that is your mindset even you know that much different from gambling? Or if you take a risk, you know, high risk, high reward kind of thing, and this company may I may lose everything, or I may make a million bucks. Uh, it, it just depends. It's kind of a gamble. You know, those are those are questions yep. that are just difficult, and I'm not going to yep. come down hard on any of this, but wisdom and good stewardship certainly needs to prevail in this discussion.
1: Right. So so if we're dealing with issues sometimes that aren't specifically mentioned in the Scriptures, we need to ask, well, what's the—is there, uh, there another issue that this affects? Like, there may be nothing about gambling specifically, but there is about stewardship in the Scriptures, and so we need to take that into account and be wise— and also, is it loving for those whom you maybe need to be taking care of? Um, right. If you lost all your money, um, is there something? Yeah, so so good, good stewardship and such, and love. Right. So yeah, those playing there a lot. We got we can go forever for all these type of questions here. Uh, do one more. <laughs> uh, music is is it okay for me? To, music and entertainment is it okay for me as a Christian to watch a movie that's PG or PG thirteen that has um. Uh, God's name taken in vain.
0: Yeah, that is that is so hard. Um, the fact that it has God's name taken in vain, uh, does that mean it's sinful? Well, if that's true, wouldn't it also be sinful to be in the same room, you know, a restaurant where somebody is doing that at a mm-hmm. table nearby? Although I suppose you could argue that in this case you could have done your research to find out if that's if that occurs in the movie and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, don't, I guess I don't want to put this into a sin or not sin category, Mm -hmm. but we are told, be careful what we set our mind on. Mm -hmm. And again, kind of a stewardship idea. And, and if we're filling our mind with things that are displeasing to the Lord, it's going to have an impact. I know for me and for my family, uh, there are, there are profane words Mm -hmm. that just don't affect me all that much. Right. That aren't as offensive as someone saying Jesus Christ. Yeah. As a, in a profane way, this to, to me, and I, I need to keep this short. But this is this this is the perfect illustration of, of our of our culture. Mm-hmm. You can't say a four letter word that is a synonym for feces on on broadcast television,
2: mm-hmm. right? Right.
0: And Christians get all upset about that. They hear a word that's a synonym for crap, which is another four <laughs> word letter word. And and they'll they'll be like I don't know if I want my kids to to watch that movie or that that you know whatever if, if those words are in there, but then if someone's throwing around Jesus' name, like oh I wish they wouldn't do that, but they go ahead and, and don't have a problem with that. To me, nice. that's all backwards. Yes, uh, I don't want to hear people speaking of my Lord profanely. Mm-hmm. They want to talk about crap profanely. It is profane. That's a,
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so I don't care what word they use for that. So that whole discussion is just is broader, but. Um, again, we don't have clear command on this or that. We just need to be careful what it's doing to our own heart, our own conscience, our own sensitivity mm-hmm. to what pleases the Lord and doesn't and, and the the age of people and so on. Uh, when it gets into you know sexuality and nudity and those kind of things, it, that's that gets clearer and clearer uh, yeah. what yeah. We must avoid. But yeah. some of these things are a little bit, little bit harder uh, in, in my opinion. Yep, I agree.
1: Well, all right, sir. Let's close it out for here. Um, really enjoyed it. We, uh, we, we planned on going through two passages. We got through one mostly. Um, and I think that was good. We got the most of the stuff I think we wanted to hit. Um, maybe we'll revisit it at some other point in time. Hey folks, um, we want to encourage you for next week to come back. We've got a spicy saucy topic. We are talking about a biblical view of sex next week. So, um, you, you want to join us for that? I'm sure that's probably be the highest rating show that we probably got. <laughs> probably have the most listens to when you throw it out there like that. Um, Merry Christmas. yeah, Doug's gonna talk about sex, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas! Uh, but, um, so, so join us for that, that next week. Um, and uh, we will be taking off, I believe, the week of Christmas. I'm not sure. I gotta look at the calendar, I believe so. Um, it, does it fall on Chris?
0: That's okay. They'll want to listen to that one two or three times. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> you might want to listen to it with your spouse. Uh. Uh, and, and so it might be a good thing to listen to it and then drag them over to listen to it. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you listening. We ask that you go ahead and give us a thumbs up, a comment, the stars, um, wink at us, or whatever they do on your platform that you're listening to. Also, if you haven't noticed yet, we are doing video. Right now we're Skyping. And what we do is we Put this out on Monday in audio, and then probably about Wednesday, Thursday time period, uh, we put it out on on YouTube on our channel. So it's Cross the Crown Ministries uh, uh, website or or the YouTube channel. You also find us on Facebook, where we put out everything new that we do. It Goes up on there immediately, so you can you can jump on it and watch it, listen to it, read it, whatever you need to do uh, in order to get that information. If you need to contact us, contact us at Cross or Chris, <laughs> Chris at Cross the Crown. Dot org um, and folks stay tuned we've got some stuff that Doug and I are talking about that um, are sure is sure to excite you that we've got some plans coming up in the future so keep listening uh, I, I know you'll be excited about it when we when we start unveiling some of the stuff for the future of cross the crown ministries until next time doug do you have anything
0: else you want to say nope just walk in love and uh, and listen to your conscience
1: that's right. we want to encourage you to intentionally live Christ-obsessed in all things. And until next week, take care and Merry Christmas.